It is time to talk travel, Sally Lucas, and we're off to an island. Do we know the island well? We do. We do in Australia, I think, anyway. And, I mean, it had such humble beginnings, and and I even went there in what I will call one of its humble stages when it was very basic accommodation and have since been back, of course, you know, in later years. Because it certainly did up the level, uh, didn't it? Well, it's, it's listed as you know, one of the luxury hotels and resorts of the world, and it really is that, and it is quite delightful and quite beautiful. And we are talking about? Hayman. Hayman Island. And the, I mean, Reg said, I guess, is what gave it he, he, the big kickstart. I mean, he fell in love with the island back in about, oh, 1947? And so it's quite a long time ago. And then work began on the Royal Hayman Hotel, as it was, which it was called, sorry. And it opened in 1950 by the Australian Deputy Prime Minister, then Sir Arthur Fadden. So up in that time, of course, it became famous as a honeymoon destination and it started to get worldwide recognition. But most of our islands back in those days were very basic in accommodation. So we have come a long way. We realised we had to move, you know, into the 20th century as it was then to sort of offer international standards of accommodation. And even way back then when um, it was developed again after that, further developed, the money that was spent on it was unbelievable because as we all probably know, the Sundays are Australian bush. They were attached to the Australian mainland at one stage in their life and they're not tropical till you get up round Cairns. So the Whitsunday Islands are natural Aussie bush. So everything planted there has been planted by man and even when it was originally done it was quite amazing so uh, yes apparently Zane Grey came over the famous novelist and filmmaker and he fell in love with it as well and he planted the first coconut palm on the island and that was back in 1936 would you believe but it's had this incredible makeover of course it experienced all sorts of damage from Cyclone Yasi etc but what they've done now they've absolutely reinvigorated the whole resort not just the, the landscaping but it's been called now given the title of the world's first botanical garden resort and they got Jamie Durian and he has spent I think or planted some 33,000 new plants Um, 327 new plant species have been introduced so you've got this wonderful stunning you know beautiful botanical gardens situation around you now which of course attracts more native birds and butterflies and absolutely beautiful but they've upgraded all the accommodation in the resort as well and the Fontaine restaurant is, was always considered one of the top, you know, restaurants in Australia, and of course it still is. And you can sit out overlooking this beautiful pond and have swans swimming around, and it's, it's just, oh, unbelievable. But they've got a spa there now as well. They've put in floodlit tennis courts. They've um, extended the range of walking tracks, etc. So it is a beautiful destination. We did go there for one of our anniversaries, and I can assure you it is delightful. And they'll pack you a picnic and on a boat and go around the other side of the island. You can do all sorts of things. And the Whit Sunday, should I say, are stunningly beautiful. And this actual repair operation and uh, rejuvenation has cost about 66 million and Orpheus Island which is not that far away from them has done similar and recently reopened Um, and so they're both beautiful islands in that and it's just lovely to see that they've been able to get them re-established so we still have these wonderful resorts to visit and another one of course that's close to home is in New Caledonia 
Now, I've been lucky enough not to stay there, but to go to the Isle of Pines, where this actual hotel is located, which is only a 20-minute flight from Numea. So, I mean, if you're thinking of going there and you don't want to maybe stay in, a, a, well, I mean, Numea's not a large city, but it's still a city-style location, if you like. You go there and you're completely isolated, surrounded by the most beautiful aqua lagoon, white sands, and all these wonderful pine trees, of course. And the resort there is absolutely beautiful. And again, you have spa resort facilities, but you can go... There used to be a penal settlement on the island, Jane, which really? I didn't know. And the remains are still there. We walked and got to see it. And um, when we, we went on a yacht, we were cruising around there with some friends and went down and had a couple of nights at the Isle of Pines, which was delightful. But the sheltered bay was the opposite side to the meridian of course for yachting so we didn't actually get to see it but I know it is a beautiful island and I know anyone who wants to go somewhere so close to home I mean Yumi is only a couple of hours flight away you've got to remember closer than Perth closer than Cairns to be quite honest with you. So, I mean, just consider that as one of your options. If you're wanting to go somewhere a little different, you could have a couple of nights in Yumea and, you know, experience the French restaurant lifestyle and cafes, but still enjoy a lovely resort like Meridian on the Isle of Pines. And it really is a sanctuary. And you've got nothing else around you. You're quite isolated. So it's very peaceful as well. Beautiful, beautiful part of the world. Keeping your Friday afternoon, tapping along B.W. Stevenson, my Maria and Sally Lucas talking travel. And we've been on some great islands, but now we're heading off over to the other half of the world. The yes, over to the other half. The yes, the Northern Hemisphere, Jane, UK and Europe in particular. And um, what I'm going to talk about here again is we often talk about whether you want a tour or not tour, to drive or not drive, etc. But sometimes a tour can be good, as we've said before, because of the um, knowledge that you gain from being with a very experienced tour guide or also they employ local guides, obviously, that have that wealth of information on their particular area. So this particular company is called Backroads Touring Co. And it's a UK-based company. And what they do is try and get you off the main highways, you know, and get you onto the byways and little roads, which they can do because they only take a maximum of 16 people. So they're operating a minibus, not a major coach. And also it becomes quite personal, and these are quite tailor-made itineraries as well. So it's really a guy started it who was actually had been a passenger on part of a conventional, you know, large group coach tour in Europe and thought, even though he enjoyed the experience, he thought there were certain aspects that maybe he, he could improve on or offer something a little bit different by downsizing the, the size of the group. And so he started this company out anyway. So, and most of them, because of the small capacity, nearly always depart because you're not trying to fill a 40-seater coach. So that makes a lot of difference as well. And just to give you an idea of some of the areas, and they do anything from like a three-day tour even, like little short special interest. And the longest tour is probably only about two weeks. So it's not long touring, but the idea is that you can do concentrate on a little area, then you might want to go and do another little area rather than be on one constant coach tour. So I think it's quite a good concept and it probably would appeal to a lot of people who, who don't want that large coach situation. And also the difference is because there's so fewer people, getting in and out of everything, getting off and on the bus, getting into an attraction and out of it 
you know, it's not hard to keep a small group of 16 together. And also you don't have those awful early starts that you sometimes have on the larger coach tours. So, you know, their, their coach doesn't depart around about 8.30 in the morning, which is quite civilised. Um, because I could remember last year in Spain, I mean, we were having to get up. We had the wake-up calls at 6 in the morning and, you know, get in there, rush to have breakfast and hop on the bus. So and you, if you don't like getting up early and you like to maybe have things at a bit of a more leisurely pace, this is a really nice way to do it. And also they do lots of different culinary encounters like wine tastings. Um, when you go out to dinner, you, you have a, a select option. It's not just table to hote. Um, so you get charming local style accommodation as well. So you're saying right in wherever you need to be with, you know, lovely local um, and local guys, as we said before, these local knowledge, these local authentic experiences you can get or some quirky things I'll have you doing, you know, and some interesting little things, whether it be a, a beer tasting, a food tasting, a wine tasting, um, even some cooking classes, um, going to markets. They do some Christmas tours as well. Um, for people who love to do the markets and some of the accommodation when you just look through the brochure like it's beautiful old you know two-story cottages um, old chateaus um, really gorgeous accommodation and also they do the battlefields as well so they do concentrate on that area if you're wanting to do the battlefields so they're covering sort of areas to give you an idea Uh, Austria, England, France, Germany, Ireland, Italy, Scotland, um, Spain, Switzerland, Turkey, Wales special interest tours like garden tours, battlefield tours, etc. And they can also add in like pre and post accommodation if you want some additional nights before or after at some nice, nice establishments that they have on offer. So just keep the company in mind, Backroad Touring Co., small group, or they'll even tailor make one if you've got your own little group that you might want to just organise, you know, 10 of you or something to go away, you could tailor make your own itinerary. So just something to consider, you know, when you're touring, if you're not someone who is a, if you like, a large group or big group traveller you prefer to do something with just a smaller group of people. Nice way of doing things and just another alternative to travelling around Europe. Thank you Sally Lucas. Thank you Jane. And we'll be talking travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM.